So scripture's not going to be up on the screen this, this evening, but I wanted to, to read something to you, and I wanted you to just kind of listen and, and let it sink in a little bit. Halloween's here, and, you know, I, I'm probably not even supposed to talk about that because it's a church, and I'm supposed to say Halloween. I'm supposed to call it fall festivals or harvest festivals or some kind of garbage like that. Well, Halloween comes up on the 31st of October, okay? That happens every year, and a lot of people celebrate it and go out and eat candy and have fun, and I do the same thing, okay? Um, I even like, on occasion, going to a haunted house. I haven't been to one. First haunted house I ever went to was, uh, I was in fourth grade. Um, that may be the reason that it was not till seventh grade that I went back to a haunted house, but <laughs> my sister said, oh, Kenny, it won't be that bad. We'll go to this haunted house in Rainbow City, and uh, I can remember distinctly a lot of the things that happened there is still burned in my memory bank, so if you're in fourth grade, I don't recommend you going to a haunted house. I would wait a couple of years till you're a little bit more mature and can handle it a little better. Because when the skeleton guy took a for real hatchet and like chopped the cinder blocks above my sister's head because she was laughing, I remember that very distinctly. I, it's, it's still right there. I remember what that looked like because she, she, she was telling me, she said, Kenny, don't, if you, don't let it bother you. you. If you just laugh, you know, you can just laugh it off and it won't bother you and then, uh, and then you can just go through it, no problem. Well... It, does, it may not bother you, but it really bothers them when you laugh at them. I don't know if you know that or not, but they, they really don't like it when you laugh at them. So she was laughing, and this skeleton guy, I mean, literally, I, this is really weird, but I mean, he had a hatch in his hand, and he just did like that and hit the cinder block above her head, and I'm sure that was probably against the law, and he probably couldn't do that today and all that kind of stuff. But he did that that day, and I remember it. So we talk about scary stuff, and we think about scary things, and Halloween comes around, and everybody likes to go see scary movies and all that kind of stuff. And I really got to thinking about scary stuff, okay? And I got to thinking about it in the context of God's Word, and I really got to thinking about the scariest thing that exists today. It is, it is not skeletons with hatchets. It's not clowns that are luring kids into the woods. It's not any of that garbage, that stuff that... that we think is scary, okay? It's, it's not the movies we go watch about demon possession and all that. It, it's, it's none of that. You know what is the scariest thing that exists today? Is the lack of the fear of the Lord. The fact that people think, this, this is the scariest, most terrifying thing that I could possibly imagine, and that is this, that most people think that they are good. Most people think that they are good, and that is the most terrifying thing that I can possibly imagine in this feeble brain of mine. Most people think, this is what we think. Most people, like in this world, and I, I, you know, as I read God's word, this is not what I see, but this is what most people, most people think, well, I'm generally speaking, I'm a good person. Now, I'm not committing rape or murder or I'm not molesting any children. Um, I, I haven't done anything like that. So I'm, I'm a good person. And we, we go to their funerals and, and they try to tell me, uh, hopefully you'll say something good at this person's funeral. I'm like, were they a Christian? You know, all these kind of questions and Sometimes you just have to stand up there honestly and just say, you know what, we don't know. We, we, we think there's a good chance that this person is in the presence of our king right now, but you know, I, I don't say it in those words, but, but there's a lot of times when there's no fruit in somebody's life and there's no evidence of a relationship with Christ, and all you can do is really guess and pray and hope. Because what, we, what do we say? We say, well, he was a good person. She was a good person. So they must be in a better place. And that's really the, the thinking of, of most people in, in the world today, especially in this country. 
Well, I'm generally speaking, I'm a good person. I, I, I'm good. So if I'm good, then good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. And that is the scariest thought in the world. You know why it would be scary to actually believe that? It's because when I lay down and lay my head, head down at night and I think about my life, I realize what kind of person I am, and it don't really look good. When I think about the, the things I, I, I've, I've thought in my mind when my boss was talking, when I think about the way I felt on the interstate driving home, when I think about the things I had said as a kid to my parents and disrespect, I am not a good person. And that's backed up scripturally, actually. That, that's backed up in God's word. If you look at God's word, you don't see this picture of, man, we're all good people and we all go to heaven. And, and we, we don't like that because you know why we don't like that? Because we don't like to believe that, that God would punish good people. God would, 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 would cause judgment to come on people that in general terms are very moral people. They're quote unquote good people. We don't like to think about that. So people will write books and they'll, they'll, they'll preach in such a way that, that I, I mean, I was talking to Jehovah's Witness and he was telling me, why would, why would a good God send people to hell? He said, this is what he said to me. He said, he said you got a kid, right? I said, yeah, I got a daughter. He said, he said if she did something wrong, would you take her hand and, and stick her hand to a, a hot eye on the stove and burn her hand? I said, no. He said, well, then why would God do that to us? There's a couple of different answers to that question, but I'll tell you what I said to him that day. I said, I said well, here's the thing. Here's what God did in my life. He gave me the option to, to come to Christ and, and to be rescued from, from that, that way of thinking because, see, my flesh wants to stick my hand on that hot eye wants to test it a little bit and see if it's really hot, wants to know, wants to experience it myself, wants to, to figure it out. And, and God gives me that choice. And, and my daughter has that choice now. She's 14 years old, and she can go and she can stick her hand on that, that hot, hot eye if she chooses to. But hopefully, I've raised her in such a way that she knows that it's hot. Hopefully, I've raised her in a way that she knows that it'll burn her and it will damage her and it will destroy her. The same way that, that my Heavenly Father has written a book here for me to understand that, that if I step off into these areas that I know I sh I'm going to get burned, that, that it, 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 the only way, I mean, that's why I have to keep going back to His Word to keep recognizing, number one, I'm a bad person deep down, and number two, that I desperately need Jesus Christ. I desperately need Him to rescue me. And without him, then I do suffer the consequences of that. See, people don't like to think about the fact that the God of the Bible is the same one that flooded the earth, right? Everybody knows that story. You know, you know the story of Noah, right? Like there's, there's a big boat, and he saved Noah and his family. Everybody else died because there was a flood. People go, well, I don't really th like to think of a God who would do that. Well, let me challenge you this way. I was listening to Francis Chan, so let me steal it directly from him. Maybe, just maybe, when the Bible says that that his ways are higher than our ways, that we really can't wrap our minds around the way God does things. And we really can't wrap our minds around why God would choose to flood the whole earth to wipe out all of humanity except for a few people. Or, or why when the Israelites had to go into a particular city that they were trying to defeat, that God would tell them to kill everybody. And we go, well, I don't necessarily like that. 
Well, maybe God knows a whole lot more than we know, and his idea and his perceptions of judgment are a whole lot more mature than ours. That his ideas of what it means to really cast judgment don't really line up with us. Because when we say that I don't really like a God who's that way, then what do we say? We say, well, I know, I know what God should be doing. I know a whole lot better than God, so that's the reason I don't believe God would do that. So what do we do? We, we put God down here, we put ourselves up here. God, I don't really think that about you, so uh, I don't really believe that your idea of, of, of judgment is really proper, so I'm gonna, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. Well, that same crazy idea that, that, that God has of judgment, you know what else it shows up? It shows up in the fact that a bunch of wicked, nasty people would be roaming the earth, sinning against God, cursing God, doing everything they can that is against God, and God would say, I know how I'm going to fix this situation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send my son to become a man and walk amongst them so that they can spit on him and they can rip the beard from his face and they can beat him half to death and they can, they can judge him improperly and, and they can send him to a cross. And I'll take all the punishment out on on. Him is what I'll do. Could it be that maybe his, his way of thinking is a little bit different than ours? Could it possibly be that, that maybe the way God does things is not going to make sense to us? What God's word tells us is that we're not good people, but that we have a good God. And because we have a good God, we should fear the Lord. We should, we should do our best to say, God, I can't wrap my mind around all the things that you do and why you do them, and I, but I, I just trust you, and I, I know that your way is higher than my way, and, and, and all I know in my life is that I need you desperately. The, the, the good people don't just go to heaven, and bad people don't just go to hell, that we're all bad people. Jesus even said this when they were talking about him. They, they called him good, and he said, he said there's none good, no, nobody but my Father who is in heaven. He's the only one that's good. Jesus, even in his fleshly form, who had never committed a single sin, said, didn't, even, didn't even want to take on the picture of being good because he was inside flesh, even though he'd never sinned. So we look at what Romans chapter 3 says. Paul is talking to people in Rome. He's talking to Christians, and he's... he's here he says this, he says in Romans chapter 3, he says, Well then, should we conclude that Jews are better than others? No, not at all. For we've already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentiles, are under the same power of sin. As the scripture says, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise, no one is seeking God. All have turned away, all have become useless, no one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. Listen to what he says here. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. The scariest thing in America today is the lack of the fear of the Lord. 
people thinking that, well, I don't, I don't like what the Bible says about God, so I don't necessarily believe in that God. I believe in a different God. I don't believe that God would cast judgment on me because I'm a, I'm a generally a good person and I haven't done anything really bad. In this country in particular, we have a very difficult time because of our pride, because we have things so well, that, that we've got things made for us in so many ways, that we have a difficult time thinking that we need anything else. We're so prideful and so egotistical and we look at ourselves as the best and all of this kind of garbage and all we do is tell ourselves lie after lie after lie. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And when we look at scripture, all we see because the, the, the Jews actually, Paul talks to the Jews, he says, you've actually got an advantage from the Gentiles because, because God gave us the law. God gave the Jews the law so, so we know that we're not good. You realize the people that, that come in here and, and come and hear God's word, we've actually got an advantage in the fact that we know that we're not good. Have you ever thought of that as an advantage? I know that you come in here and you're like, man, why has Kenny got to beat up on us this week and this week and this week and that week? And like, man, Kenny just encourages us once in a while and I try my best to do that. But I tell you what is going to benefit you the most is when you look at Scripture and you look at your life and say, man, I am not good, but man, I serve a God who is good and I desperately need Him. That I cannot wrap my mind around what He's doing or why things are happening in my life and, and why He handles judgment the way He does, but I know this, I need Him. He's the only place I can find peace. Paul says they don't know any peace. It's because they have no fear of God at all. So when you think about, you know, Halloween season and, and, and all the things that people like to enjoy and, and all of that, I, I want you to think this, this season about the scariest thing out there, in particular the scariest thing in this country, which we're so plagued by, and that is this general idea that we're good. We're good. Because this is what I think. This is what I think. I think when we lay down at night, and we start recounting the things in our day. And some of us pray at night. Some of us sit there and we, th we thank God for the things that he's doing in our lives at night. And I'm not telling you if you should pray in the morning or you should pray at night or you should be praying during the day. I'm telling you, you should be praying. And I pray at all of those times. So I, I believe that, that we should all be, it should be the meditation of our heart to be constantly in prayer with God. But when I do that, man, I just, I can't help but to think about how much I desperately need him. That's why I talk to him so much. That's why I talk to him so much, because I need his guidance. I need, I need him to remind me of how much grace he's given me. That's the only way I find peace in my day. That's the only, day, the only, only way I can walk around without wanting to just pull my hair out, because I'm just exhausted from, from my own brain. And the reason I talk to him, the reason I ask him for guidance and leadership and remind me of his grace and all those things is because I do know that there are consequences for my actions. And I do know that everything inside of me is against God. And I do know that, that, that I desperately need Him. So I keep coming back to Him. And I keep calling on His name. And I keep asking for His forgiveness. And I say, God, I desperately need You. I need You to, to remind me of the fact that You have forgiven me through the power of the blood of Your Son, Jesus Christ. God, You have made me new again. 
May I rest in that peace, Lord. Help me today to be in that place. Help me to remember who you are and your greatness and your goodness. So the scariest thing is the lack of fear. That's the message for tonight. The lack of fear. And I'm not talking about the the fear of, of stuff on this world. You know, why, why, why do we fear men who can harm our body when we, we should be fearing the one who can, who can send us in, eternally into the lake of fire? That's what it says in Revelation chapter 20 is that, that those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, they're cast into the lake of fire for eternal torment. Why would a good God do that? I can't explain all the ins and outs, but I know he's a just God and he understands justice way better than I do. And I can't wrap my mind around why he would send his son to die for me either. But I accept that truth, so I'm not going to deny the truth that Revelation chapter 20 is, is true as well. It's true from cover to cover, so I believe all of it. My question to you is this. Do you have a genuine fear of the Lord? Have you given your life to Christ, and are you living in that sacrificial way that you continually... Are, are, are sacrificially saying to God, to saying through the power of your son Jesus Christ, I need your forgiveness, Lord. That, that, that I need to be broken over my sin. I need to be constantly reminded of my sin so that, God, I can continue to come to you. That you can, I can continue to let you do a work in my life and a change in my life. Is that the meditation of your heart? Or, or is the meditation of your heart, I'm a pretty good person. I'm a pretty good person. Let me pray. Father, the message tonight was very straightforward and very simple, and it was about fear. Lord, I think in the place that we live, God, it's just a general lack of fear of you. And I don't think we should be scared of you because you're a good father, but I think that we should be fearful of the consequences of our actions and the fact that you are required as a good and just God to carry out judgment. Lord, for those that don't know you, I pray, God, that they would come to repentance and they would give their lives to you and say that they desperately need you. Come humbly before your cross and say, God, forgive me. I need you and you alone. You're the only source of peace and you're the only source of eternity, so I come to you. Lord, and for those that, God, they, they know you and they try. God, they're doing their best. But Lord, there's a sense of pride or ego that has creeped into their life and they think that they know their way better, their life better, that their way is, is going gonna, is gonna to work out better for them. Lord, I pray that you break them. I pray that you tear their hearts wide open. Help them to see that your way is the only way and they must live in your truth and your truth alone. That if they, if they live in their own truth and the, what they believe about you and they believe that their way is better, God... I know it'll be crushing to them. I know it'll be devastation in their lives. God, you tell us in, in Romans, in the very beginning, you tell us that you have written the truth on the tablet of our hearts, that you have written truth in our lives, and whether we're saved or not, God, we know, and, and our conscience speaks to us, makes us aware of when we sin against you. Lord, I thank you for that conscience thank you for the fact that it reminds me of how much that I need you God and how how desperately wicked my own heart is
So Lord, I just pray that we lean into you. God, we ask you to continue to forgive us, Lord, as we continue to sin against you. Lord, we need you. We need you, and you're the only source of peace. So may we have a genuine fear of the Lord in our hearts. And may that be evident in our lives and the fruit that comes from our life. Lord, thank you for this time speaking to our hearts through your word. God, I pray that you can work in hearts now as we respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will everyone please stand?